0: I am Ben Grimm. That is my name. It's a happy day for a lot of folks everywhere. The Supreme Court ruling, getting things done. Supreme Court getting things done. Get busy living or get busy dying. Dying ain't much of a living. Be, Be a part of the medicine of the world. Lots of adventures this week. Doing things. Farewell to Freddy's place. Uh, that is closing down, a staple of the South Austin, of South Austin, and the South Austin community, just being retired, you know, not, not fired, but retired, and hung out at their last open mic with a great crowd. That was a lot of fun, it was super packed in there, so, I don't know, maybe only a few more days left, you can go enjoy Freddie's Place, and made my way to Austin Music Rooms after that. And the uh Redleaf School of Music, very unassuming practice space out down south after that uh after that Freddy's place hangout. It's got that place has got so much more character than than Music Lab. You know, just, just the right amount of creepy and and uh you know kind of an inspiration. Maybe you know, the rooms are kind of a you can get in a groove in there and get some inspiration going. So yeah, it's a cool, cool space good repurposing of a building had fun with the with my friends watching that jam session so that was cool and i ran into another member of Hardproof, john branch at stagold seems to be turning into a frequent frequent thing uh at stagold's uh, running into these guys which is which is great it's fine they like hanging out there it's an awesome place the listening session with bid Armana. that was fucking awesome check out that side project. Awesome blues, rock jam, really talented guitar players. And John Branch is what the guitar player for, and Keys, I believe, is what he told me, for Heartproof, which there's a show tonight at the Gatsby. Gonna go check that out. Go shake your ass. uh, Shake your ass all the time. And I have my first guest in the garage for this podcast. I've done some other interviews, but they've all been, you know, not at Music Farmer HQ. Todd Rohrer. Also, my Airbnb roommate right now, so we've we've been getting to know each other, which is cool, and he's getting to know Austin, which is also great. And he's got a music background in, and maybe it's a couple of cool stories. What's going on, Todd? Not a lot. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for coming on the podcast, even though you live here right now. So <laughs> it's and you're kind of you know you helping me out with the new gear and getting things set up so I can start doing more interviews in here inviting people into the garage. It's kind of a weird thing at first asking people to do that, but you know, I've got the I've got the website set up and I'm looking pretty legit, so it's not a it's not like a creepy it's not too not too creepy, I guess. You got some atmosphere in here, you know. It's funky. All right. Shirt off talking to the cops last night. <laughs> I uh yeah. <laughs> they fi- I wasn't accosted by the police. It wasn't like a child support anything or, you know, she wasn't complaining. She, you know, she hit me. She <laughs> I called I called them. They didn't detain me. But they took forever to show up. And I was almost in bed, so you know, I wasn't fully dressed and I asked the officer to come by so I could talk to them about the bum happy hour that takes place within a hundred yards of my backyard on a daily basis. There's always ten to twelve, sometimes more uh, I don't know, ran- random people, random guys just hanging out behind the jack-in-the-box over by my place, drinking beer, um, I don't know, doing whatever else. I haven't seen any crimes in progress, but it's just, I, it, I, I just, it's quite a gathering every day, so I was just, I saw something last night over there, so that's why I called the police about it and wanted to see if they had been doing anything about that. So but yeah, you had, uh, you had the cops outside your window last night.
1: Yeah, you know, I woke up at 2.30 and heard the doorbell, and I was kind of peering through the blinds and saw the black and white out there, and so I figured I'd just kind of go back to
0: bed. <laughs> so you're, so Todd is from Virginia. That's right, yeah, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Or, well, originally, yeah. And you have, I don't know, tell me, talk about your background a little bit and maybe go into some of your music, musical education career during college and some all right. of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I grew up in Harrisonburg, Virginia, in the Shenandoah Valley, and uh, took guitar lessons when I was a kid, you know, and was kind of lazy about it, but I I never quit doing it, you know, which is kind of saying something because I quit baseball and football and everything. But, you know, I um, went to Eastern Mennonite University for three semesters and uh, got tired of it and decided to drop out there and and move to Boston on a whim. And as I was leaving, my guitar teacher suggested that I go to Berkeley College of Music, and so I, I ended up doing that. And I got a degree in music, and um, you know, never, never made more than you know laughably small amounts of money playing gigs, and it has never really, you know, developed a career at all. So, uh, so now I'm I'm kind of back in school and, and everything, but. I, I think music is the thing that I that I care about more than you know more than any other pursuit that, that I'm involved with. So, uh,
0: so how much time? So, well, so how much time between? Was it Virginia Tech or was it Berkeley that you spent the mo- most time doing it, getting the the music?
1: Uh, well, I, I studied music at Berkeley. Okay. I got a bachelor's degree there. And I'm at Virginia Tech now, studying electrical engineering. So, there's not much time for music now, unfortunately, because you know. Is very. Yeah the, fam-
0: doing the, yeah, the family thing and yeah, the getting family the
1: thing, which is engineering which is career yeah. going. Yeah, engineering is kind of soul crushing in a way, especially because especially at Virginia Tech the the engineers there are so I don't know maybe it's kind of a cultural thing there, but tend to be a lot of sort of straight laced people uh, that are a lot of people that don't seem to be all that into music, you know, with a few exceptions and so there's just not a whole lot of great music around which is kind of sad but um what
0: have you been listening to recently
1: well man, i mean it varies from week to week um obviously you know because i've told you or what I,
0: it, maybe what do you keep revisiting that you can't get just can't quite get away from well
1: you know like i was telling you before uh you know big star never gets old for me and uh
0: yeah, they're, they're, they've are they been one you of my favorite You are a big star band. fan, you told me that. I, I'm I a think very that, big big star fan. that band. documentary is, yeah, that's on the way. We're going to watch that. Oh, yeah? Awesome. Yeah, I'll watch that with you. Uh, yeah, they're one of my favorite
1: bands these days. And, and I was kind of, I mean, I've been a Beatles fanatic since I was a kid, so they're kind of, you know, fall in the category of all-time favorites, but, um, yeah, lately a lot of big star, Fela Kuti, um, let's see, who yeah. I was in such a rush to leave coming out here that I have like five CDs in my car um so I'm kind of getting sick of them I got houses in the holy houses of the holy by Led Zeppelin okay there. that's one of my favorite albums that one
0: that one bears repeated listening um, yeah I don't know uh, yeah good stuff man I you so going back to the Mennonite thing you have <laughs> yeah uh you I just randomly mentioned possessed by Paul James and you have some cuts you know some short some kind of degree of separation. Yeah. Very. Yeah. You have a connection to that guy.
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. So. So I mentioned Eastern Mennonite University (EMU). Uh, I started going there after I graduated in 1999 from Eastern Mennonite High School right down the road. And I was too lazy to, to apply to a bunch of different colleges. Um, and I think my first semester there, fall '99. Um, I started kind of hanging out with, with some, some new people, but I, I think some people that I, I sort of knew from high school. And I heard about this guy, Conrad Wirt, who um, even at that time, he was, there was already kind of a legend of Conrad Wirt because he was this kind of eccentric guy who, uh, I guess at the time, th- there's like, I don't know, you know, 10, 20 acres of woods or something on the back side of the hill uh, where EMU's main student center is located. And uh, the rumor had it at that time that, that he had spent the previous summer living in a tent in that little patch of woods, uh, kind of as a hermit, I guess, uh, just like with a stack of books and a violin, you know, and just kind of doing some sort of... Just going for yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, kind of bohemian experience, experiment, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I, I met living him at a the cheap. yeah Yeah, that's true. I guess probably... Yes, showering on campus and whatever, but, um... Yeah, so he was kind of this this uh, odd character, and I met him a couple of times. We had some mutual friends, and he's um, really charismatic guy,
0: but I, I never got to know him or anything like that, but, um, he's, na- he's made a... He has made a name for himself around here, and he, he does a... It's like a hurricane, one-man hurricane on stage.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was watching some videos, and... He seems like a natural. Uh, you can't fake that kind of um, you know, sorry charisma, and, and you get a real sense of the of the joy of, of playing music from him. So, well,
0: what were your you know what kind of what were your uh, ideas about Austin and, and coming here, or what you know what just tell me what you thought about Texas and Austin when you were before you were getting ready to move here. Um,
1: well, I've heard really good things about Austin, uh, for, you know, for a long time. I got a friend from Houston and he had told me how cool Austin was. Um, and, uh, you know, I just heard it was kind of, um, sort of an oasis of, um, non batshit craziness in the middle of Texas. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I hope that doesn't offend anybody. Um, but you know, just kind of,
0: uh, we have, yeah, we have our own brand of bat-shit, but in a, mostly in a good way. You, most of the time.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, I, I can I can dig the I can dig the Austin bat shit that's cool. I mean, and it's very and, and I think I was you know, commenting the other day when I was talking to you that it, it reminds me in some ways of of some west coast cities, which is which I like. Um but obviously very, you know, unlike any other place um that I've ever been. Well, you mentioned
0: there's just no in Virginia, you know, there's just no music Happening anywhere, you know, not even a group getting together and really, kind of doing a weekly song swap or jam or something like that.
1: Well, well I, I mean, I I wouldn't say that for Virginia in general. I would say in the in the area that I'm living in.
0: Just in your area, okay. yeah.
1: Well, well the, I think there are there are some people around my area that are really into bluegrass. Uh, you know, um, the kind of Appalachian musical traditions. Um, you know, that, that's pretty big out there. And, uh, I hate to say it, but I, I've just never, I've never quite connected with, with that musical tradition in the way that a lot of my friends have. Um, so, so there are, there are definitely some people around who play bluegrass, but but this is not what I'm looking for, you know? And it's, uh, obviously, you know, the, the bar is really high for, uh, for instrumental prowess there, and I have a lot of respect for, for the people that play that, but it's a very specific style, and it takes a lot of devotion
0: to that style, and it's it's not something that I can really get involved with, you know. Lots of mando. Yes. <laughs> the bluegrass is making a huge comeback around here in, in Austin, and, uh, you know, a lot of people think that's kind of silly, and, you know, banjos are not for everyone i guess but (laughs) yeah bluegrass is there's a lot of bands popping up uh playing bluegrass right now so that's good you know that's good for that i I like that i'll dig that yeah there's nothing wrong with it tell me about your your experiences in seattle and you know kind of maybe kind of compare what's happening to austin to what's already happened in seattle and just you know some of the the bouncing around and you did with with bands and, and things in Seattle when you're when you were there. Okay.
1: Well, well, right off the bat, I should offer a few caveats here. Um, one is that I was definitely a little bit unmotivated when I was playing with the band in Seattle, so I kind of let the front man, you know, handle all the booking and networking and all that. You know, I, I was really kind of. I've always been a little bit antisocial, um, so I can't. I didn't deal with any of the, I don't really deal with any of the business side of things or the, or the footwork of trying to get gigs and, and all that, so I kind of, you know, I have my impressions, but I can't say how accurate they are. Um, and, and the other thing is that as a, as a listener and a music fan, I was shamefully lazy about seeking out good local music in Seattle. Uh, I You know, I did hear some... Um, And and then the the third caveat is I've only been in Austin for four weeks, Um, so I haven't seen a whole lot here. But but my impression is that, um, well, in Austin there seems to be, just from what I've seen, the local musicians that I've heard, uh, there seems to be a little bit more of a um, um, a value placed on the craft of performance and... uh, you know, a certain amount of instrumental proficiency um, that's sort of more of, maybe more of an old-fashioned uh, approach to music, which I think is really cool. Uh, in Seattle, it's very much, uh, you know, it's, it's all about indie rock up there, which a lot of, a lot of that Pacific Northwest indie rock is, is really good. A lot of it's not, you know. And there are a lot of people out there um, who are doing sort of experimental indie rock kind of stuff with you know, a hefty dose of artistic pretension and, and maybe not so much regard for, for the craft of, um, you know, of instrumental proficiency or, or songwriting or, you know, kind of a disregard for, for um, I don't want to say education, but, you know, for, for really understanding... Yeah, how music works, and like, so, hey, let's
0: get together and make some noise.
1: Yeah, let's make some noise. Let's get let's get some delay pedals and 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 shit like that, and, and you know, which is really fun if you're if you're just sitting at home, you know, partying by yourself. That it's fun to do that in your bedroom and just get a bunch of effects and make cool sounds with your guitar. But it's kind of another thing to get up in front of a group of people and and um, put it out there as something that is worthy of, of an audience, you know. So I don't know. that. That I guess that that's kind of, that's sort of a negative reflection on Seattle music. But again, you know, I offer the caveat that I'm, I'm certainly no expert there. Uh, but the other thing is that it's really hard to get paid for a gig out there, at least if you're at, kind of at the entry level. Um, you know, if you're lucky, you'll get... Uh, you know, you'll get a bar allowance or actually my, well, my favorite place to play and, and the band I was in for a while, we played there twice and, and it, was, it was the best place. It was called the Fun House and uh, it's kind of a punk rock bar, punk rock metal bar. So it was sort of a joke that our band got booked there, but they had this little, this, this nasty little green room off to the side with no windows, tiny little room. And we were on a bill when we played there the last time with like, Two or three like stoner rock bands, stoner metal bands, and uh so we'd just hang out in this green room, and they just bring a, a you know a keg tub full of PBR and cans, and that was like the best I ever got paid <laughs> per the writer.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if there was a writer, the unspoken but, writer. Yeah,
1: well, you know, I mean, that was good enough. You kind of get used to that, and, and it's good just to be playing. But I think that if you know if you're a more serious musician, if you actually want to get somewhere with it. it it, that sort of thing can get depressing quick. But um... tell me about you
0: want to talk about Quist Hammer? Yeah, I'll talk about Quist Hammer. Um, you know, Quist Hammer was. <laughs> <saying> <laughs> I want to say I want to say laugh. it with an angry German accent. Fist hammer, yeah, um, yeah. And it's Quist Hammer, it's not Fist. Just to not, clarify or, yeah, or for Quist other people. Q U I
1: S T. Yeah, the front man, Guthrie Quist, um, friend of mine. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, we were kind of a, a sort of a throwback, um, very sort of Led Zeppelin inspired rock band. We had a lot of uh, harmonized guitar leads. That you know, we, we had some cool songs, definitely. Um, you know, I don't think we we never were quite disciplined to to get tight to get it together. You know, we had a great drummer, and we had we had some. Some good songs, good songwriting. Uh, and it was really, f- the best part was in the early days when we were just playing in, in the drummer Pat McKenna's basement, um, basement of his dad's house. And, uh, and uh, you know, just partying and, and playing by ourselves. And after a while, playing gigs, to me, just got to be a drag because we weren't going anywhere. and uh, You know, and, and we even, I think the la- one of the last gigs we played was, you know, we, we all ended up. We, we were a little bit pissed off about it because it ended up being one of those kind of pay-to-play, I uh, mean I don't want to say quite, quite say scam, but it's almost as, I don't know if you've even heard of that kind of thing. Uh, it, hopefully it doesn't exist out here. It probably does.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. They kind of make you sell your own tickets and there's some weird thing about, like you have a quota of tickets you're supposed, it's just, it's, it's bullshit, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you thinking about moving here? Don't move here. Don't move here. <laughs> Don't move here, I know. No, it would be awesome to you to be, right, be your yeah, neighbor. I, I but get, I get where, you're, where you're going. We're getting about. maxed out. Yeah. I mean,
1: that. Well, that's kind, of, that's kind of the vicious cycle of everything that's cool, right, is eventually other people find out it's cool, and then everyone tries to get in on it, and then it becomes less cool. And, you know. Exactly. But, but it's kind of amazing yeah. that this is just now happening in Austin, because I've been hearing for... I mean, for a long time, the Austin was, was you know... A
0: lot of people think, a lot of people do think that the, you know, Austin is totally screwed, and, well, that the Austin, you know, entertainment and music scene has been dead for a long time, but, uh, I mean, it still thrives in a lot of ways, but in some ways, you know, some things about it have already died a long time ago, but now things are just really out of control. Going to be playing some Possessed by Paul James on this episode and some other things and tie that in. But thanks, Todd. That's awesome. Yes. Okay, getting into some music now. I was having some difficulties with the new equipment here. Got the audio cleaned up. But I that first half got recorded before I figured that out. But now it's fine. So just that first part was a bit weird, but now everything's great. So Possessed by Paul James. Gotta play some of that. And tie that into what Todd was talking about. Uh, that's not huge news for most people about his act. He's been out there doing his thing for a while now, but damn, gotta play his lively music. It gets under your skin, puts on a great show, really talented guy on a lot of instruments, and making some great music. Check out ppjrecords.com, Possessed by Paul James. This is Dragons.
2: Built your dreams now set me free so i can build my own yeah here yeah, there is no place for me you've left me cold and blind i'm hanging on a leaf by a thread and i'm falling 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 every time
0: kicking my ass for this episode, making me not focus on the creative agenda here. I got impatient with this episode as I get behind in my cognitive schedule on a, on a larger scale, so this song coming up that I'm going to, this other song that I want to play is from a 2012 album, My You and Bressard, from the album While the Gittin's Good These guys go to mbtxmusic.com or their band camp. If you haven't seen one of their stickers stuck to something anywhere in town, I'd be surprised. I can't go out without spotting one somewhere. Saw them recently at Continental Club. Really great country Americana sound. And, you know, Tate's got pretty cool hair, too. So, uh... Mayu and Brassard, this is Sky High Rider.
3: I said, Sky High Rider, and now on that holy tide, why don't you?